Welcome to Cambridge Stronger, where culture counts and values matter most. I'm your host, Amy Weber, and joining us today is co-founder and executive vice president of Merceberger Financial Group, Peter Merceberger. Thank you for coming on the show, Peter. Welcome. Thank you, and uh, I'm glad to be here, Amy. Fantastic. So I want to start off by congratulating you. I've heard that you were voted Sheboygan County's Best Financial Planning Firm of 2021. And is it true this is the sixth consecutive year? That would be correct. Um, you know, Sheboygan County is a large area of uh, about 100,000 people. So <clears throat> a lot of, you know, a lot of people ask, wow, where do you find all your clients? Uh, Sheboygan County, about 30 miles wide, 40 miles long. And we've really grown into being a prominent uh, firm in the area. We're very well recognized. Um, as of today, we're now 19 members strong. And I think we've got nine advisors, um, four CFAs, four CFPs, soon to be another CFP and another CFA. They're on the track to getting there. So, you know, we've just built from within. We've got a couple of uh, stock portfolios. And um, I think we're well recognized also for just besides our money management, our overall estate planning and tax analysis, and just the overall work that a CFP, a typical certified financial planner would do. So uh, yeah, it's quite an honor. We're very pleased. Our team um, really takes it upon themselves that, you know, again, it's not an executive team. It's it's a team of 19 of us that uh, that run the firm. So we're proud of that, and we hope that continues. Congratulations, and congratulations on the success. We'll talk Thank more you. about about your firm. I'm excited to um, have the audience. Uh, Cambridge is certainly honored to know and uh, be able to bring you to this show so you can share your story. So let's start there. Tell us about your journey. How did you actually get started in the industry? <laughs> it's a it's a, you know, I talk about the stream of life, right? You got to follow the current of the stream of life and it drops you off at certain places. So I'll back up uh, to college. I graduated, my wife and I both graduated as education majors. I taught middle school at a parochial school, sixth, seventh and eighth graders from um, 1981 until 1985. After four years of making $12,000 per year, um, you know, and I did all this extra stuff. I was the vice principal. I was the football coach. I was the athletic director. Um, I ran the spring play forensics coach, you name it. I did it. I taught seven straight classes just so I could make an extra few dollars. I said, you know, I've got to go back to where I wanted to be in the first place, which was a high school. I wanted to coach football. Um, op an opening happened to, to show up at one of our local high schools. So I applied received the job, got the football coaching job. I was in heaven. I'd gotten my dream job. And I resigned from the parochial school. And about middle of the summer, I think it was about July 1st, the local high school that I just signed on with called me up to let me know they had a very small freshman class coming in and they had to eliminate the lowest teacher on the totem pole, which is me. So before my dream job started, I got eliminated. My dad had been with an insurance uh, financial firm for 37 years. He had retired. My brother had stepped into the company. My brother wanted to leave the firm and asked if I'd be interested in joining the firm. As he stepped out, I could step in and take over his clientele. Uh, that was 1985. And so I did. And for nine years, I worked with this firm, but it was an independent, excuse me, it was a captive firm, not very independent. You had this, it was actually a farm bureau company when you recognize those out in Iowa. And so you're, you're captive, you have to sell their product, uh, you know, property casualty insurance, and then all the financial products that go with it. You couldn't step outside of the box. And after you know, too many years of doing that, I realized there was so much more I could offer my clients. Um, 1989, I wrote down a goal. I said, five years from now, I want to open my own firm. And my wife and I did. In 1994, we left that firm after nine years. 
with zero clients, zero income, um, you know, no compete clause, had borrowed money to the hilt because we renovated an old historical office into a, or an old historical building into our office. So May 1st of 1994, we opened the doors. Uh, my furniture hadn't come in, Amy. I was sitting at a card table and chairs and my first client $50,000 to us. And that was the start. And we said, you know, it's probably, we're either gonna sink or swim, but it was the best thing we ever did. We got it off the ground, never looked back. A lot of clients sought us out. And from there, it just continued to mushroom, but it made basically sort of myself, one staff person and Marilyn, you know, part time running the book. She was home raising the kids, uh, our two boys, and then she went back to school teaching on a part time basis. And then eventually uh, she left teaching to become our full time business manager and office manager because we had grown to one other advisor and I think two staff. So it was a team of four plus Marilyn would be a team of five. And that that was probably about 1998, 1999. And then, you know, things kind of continued from there. So, but that was our beginning, going from a school teacher to a laid off school teacher to, to working with a company for nine years and then establishing our own firm because we wanted more independence. Talk more about what independence means in particular, maybe the gifts that it's given you um, even today as you continue to build the firm. Well, I think it, you know, it goes well. I mean, when we sought out Cambridge um, going on four years ago in November, you know, just the integrity, the, um, the freedom, the independence that Cambridge, I guess, not only offered, but also believed in. And we saw it within your firm, Amy. And um, I think that allowed us back in 1994 to realize we could offer anything we wanted to our clients. And that would be to the best interest of our clients um, instead of having to just utilize one company's products. So I think that independence also just allowed us to continue to grow. It, it uh, was attractive to other people. I think it was attractive to our sons when they were in college, realizing that they could really take the firm to another level. So, um, you know, being independent and being able to utilize all of the uh, tools I think that are out there for our client was key to us. You mentioned earlier that you spent some time coaching. It's interesting. I, I find a lot of financial professionals do either enjoy or in some point in their past, they did some sort of coaching. Uh, I've given it some thought recently. I, I suspect it's because the skills can be the same, right? You're really a coach for your clients, which um, the skills that you utilize, regardless of, you know, I guess most people that I talk to often are coaching maybe, you know, younger kids, high school teams, whatever it may be, but um, I, I can see how those skills translate. Do you think that ha that helped? I agree, Amy. I think both the coaching and the teaching, you know, after four years of the parochial school and then being told I was going to be laid off before I even started at the high school, um, I, I literally cried and I said to my wife, Marilyn, I said, you know, I'll never be teaching again. And how ironic that statement was, because as I got into the into this financial business and you know working with people, um, I realize I'm teaching every single day and coaching every day. And then my wife also said, "Don't worry, this is 1985. Josh was born in '87. Zach was born in '89." She said, "Someday we're going to have kids, and when we have kids, you can coach every team they play on." So that's another true story between Marilyn and myself. We coached every team that they were ever involved in, all the way up through eighth grade. You know, as long as we could uh, could do that. So. I think the independence of our independence of our job allowed us to have that freedom of schedule to cater to our family schedule. But then the teaching, um, 
one of my traits is, and I, and I won't show it to you now, but I can write upside down. So as a client is facing me, I can print and write numbers as fast as I can speak. And it's very, very legible. And it, it blows people away. And they're like, how did you ever learn to write backwards and upside down? And I think I learned it in the classroom when you're working with a student, <clears throat> because you're not going to turn the book around or the tablet around as you're facing them, you're going to have to write upside down if you want to do it. So uh, yeah, I think teaching back to your question, teaching, coaching, two phenomenal, you know, I had a person one day ask me, do you think you wasted the first four years of your career? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Four years of teaching? No, that built the foundation for everything else. That is probably one of the most unique traits or skills I've had anyone tell me about. So it's uh, definitely going to be something I remember. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I'll, I'll show it to you in Arizona. <laughs> perfect. I can't wait to see it. Um, so as you were making your decisions, big life decisions, you know, um, the career goals on top of going independent, starting your family, thank goodness you had that wonderful wife of yours, Marilyn, by your side. Um, she always seems to be a rock when I meet her and we have conversations, but there had to have been some obstacles. Talk to our audience a little bit about some of the things that the two of you and then your team as, as you expanded have had to overcome. Well, I think right out of the gate in 1994 was the fact that, you know, we pretty much sunk every penny into what we believed would be the best thing that we'd ever do, which would be starting a new career. Um, renovating an old historical building built in 1846 presents its challenges. So there was a lot of challenge in getting that off the ground, just the remodeling and getting it up and running. Uh, from there, probably another obstacle, I think, was just the... Uh, you know, the, the constant expansion, which is a wonderful thing. Staying busy and growing is phenomenal. And we've always believed we can't stagnate. We stagnate. We can't stand still. We constantly have to move forward. We made a decision in 2010 to expand our office by about 5,000 square feet to accommodate, you know, Josh and Zach as they came in with some of their dreams. And we built it bigger than, I mean, when we built, built it 11 years ago, the addition, we said, well, this will be big enough forever. And we're finding out right now it's not big enough. <laughs> so, um, you know, that was probably, but other than that, Amy, I, you know, I don't, I'm not a big believer in a lot of obstacles. I mean, there's some little curves that you have to get around, but, you know, I, I think always having a positive attitude, um, putting your clients first, your family first, and just continuing to build together and realizing that, um, you know, if you set your mind to it, you, you're going to be able to achieve it. So... Let's talk about those talented sons of yours. So did uh, Josh and Zach show an aptitude for financial services from birth or when did that all talk about when the magic happens and the whole family gets involved? Well, they were playing cribbage at the age of four and uh, pretty sharp at it. So we knew they knew numbers very well. They were both extremely, extremely gifted in math. And, you know, we just knew it was a, a strength of theirs. Uh, that and just communicating, being with people, they just love that. I think it just gradually happened, Amy. I think, you know, obviously as kids of any financial planning parents, you know, they stuffed envelopes, they filed, they did all the, you know, they emptied the garbage, they cleaned the office, they did all the jobs that most kids would do for a mom and dad who are running a financial planning firm. They, you know, we brought work home, but they also got tend to attend a lot of the conferences. You know, when we started, we were obviously with Voya, which had been ING and just a lot of the trips, uh, the conferences. And, and for them, I think to be able to see a, the independence, I think, B, the pleasure we had in working with people, um, being a part of people's lives and having, you know, I always call it a box of puzzle pieces that get put on our 
conference room table every time a brand new client comes in because everybody's situation is different. And I think Josh and Zach saw that and I think they wanted to be a part of, you know, dissecting that puzzle and putting it back together for people. Um, so they both, you know, I think we asked, Josh knew going off to college, he was headed in the, for a degree in finance and business. Um, I think Zach wanted to be an architect at first, but then that changed as he saw the role Josh was taking. And, you know, they both interned with us. They both had their, you know, series six and series seven, 63s, whatever they had to get. They had that all done before college and uh, both got, you know, some good experience in college. So, but we asked them both, you sure this is the path you want to take? Do you want to come back to, you know, the metropolis of Sheboygan Falls with 8,000 people and the county of Sheboygan with 100,000 people, you know, do you want to go off somewhere else and, you know, kind of make your mark? And if you want to come back someday, do so. But no, they, they both said, nope, that's what they had envisioned. And, you know, Marilyn and I have been blessed with that. Um, we've pretty much turned really running the company over to them probably four or five, six years ago. They're, they're doing a great job. They have an accelerator, you know, they have a gas pedal that is on the floor all the time. And, and they're really good at continuing to grow the, the company. And I, we've got a great culture with a great team. And I think that's why, again, why are we Sheboygan County's best financial service planner? I think it's because of that team that, that we've put together. But back to your question, um, I think they just from little on just they had it, it. It's what we talked about at home every night. You know, we we're fortunate, Meryl and I both being in the same office, the same profession, building the same, um, you know, the same company. We had so much in common to talk about. And that's really what we did. So unfortunately, every now and then we'd go on vacation and we'd say to Josh and Zach, OK, we're not going to talk shop. No talking shop. Well, that would last about 43 seconds. And pretty soon we'd be talking shop. So uh, I think it's just kind of a a trait that you're brought up with, but one also I think they realized would be a, a nice compliment to their skills. Sometimes I, I talk to fierce entrepreneurs and uh, turning the reins over is difficult. So um, how did you know when the right time was to start stepping back? And uh, as you said a minute ago, you know, let them really run the firm. Um, for me, number one, technology. I'm not, and Leslie, uh, who was on our call, knows I'm not, you know, I'm not the, the leader of the group with technology. So obviously, they're going to be forefront on that with Marilyn. But I really think it's because I've seen in too many situations, like you said, it's difficult to give up the reins. And then I suddenly see some discrepancy up at the top level. And, you know, families, if it is um, father, son, mothers, daughters, whatever, there just gets to be a little bit of, you know, dysfunctioning, so to speak. I never felt that with ours. I felt very strongly that Josh and Zach, um, and, and I thought, I think Meryl and I realized that, um, you know, they would be able to run the company. I think we also felt strongly that we wanted to, to back off a bit. Uh, we've tried to get to a schedule of Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And even though we're putting in some time on Mondays and Fridays, we're trying to be not involved Mondays and Fridays. And, you know, it, it really takes, you have to be there full time to be making decisions. So, we have our executive meetings with Josh, Zach, Marilyn, myself, and then our, our fifth part, you know, our fifth owner, Don Hammond, who we merged with in February of uh, 2020. We meet every Wednesday for a good hour and a half to two hours. And so we're, we're kept apprised of all the directions of the company, but really Josh and Zach are putting in a lot of the legwork behind it. That's great. Uh, something that many aspire to do, I think. Yeah. And I think, you know, back, I think sometimes people hold on to those reins too long. And that can maybe be frustrating for the next generation coming in. And um, I mean, they have, we, we've just said to them, you know, it's, it's your bus now, drive it. We'll continue to be on it. We'd like to be on it for quite a while. I want to stay involved part-time and, you know, continue for a lot of years. But um, 
we'll see where that retirement discussion takes me. And, you know, I'm trying to always give retirement advice to our clients. So I'm, I'm starting to take some of my own. <laughs> I, and that nothing's more difficult than that, right? Taking your own advice. <laughs> right. I'm so glad you brought up clients. Um, let's shift gears just a little bit and talk about the client base that you serve and um, how do those clients, how did you get those clients comfortable perhaps with understanding that to younger, the younger generation of your firm was going to be working with them more perhaps in some cases than you are. Yeah, that's interesting. I used to get a question asked often, you know, before Josh and Zach were involved, Pete, what happens if you die are disabled or decide to quit? And, you know, a lot, I know what the clients were asking me, who's going to know my story? Who's going to know my whole estate planning, my financial situation, my direction of where my life is headed and going to go for the next uh, you know, number of retirement years. When Josh and Zach came on board, Amy, it was totally refreshing to our clients. Um, you know, I know there's a saying that says you will only work with people about your own age, meaning, you know, a young 30 year old or a 20 year old is going to gravitate to the 20 and 30 year olds. Uh, we didn't find that true at all in our firm. And I think the fact that we do everything as a team. So when Josh and Zach and myself would be working with a client or Zach and I, or Josh and I, it would always be a team. It'd be a team of two of us. And clients, I think, very, felt very refreshed. Today, we've built teams of three or four advisors um, together who service about 300 clients. And then we have pods, we have teams. And I think the clients are very refreshed. We do a lot of our uh, Zoom calls, a lot of our face-to-face -face meetings with two advisors in the room, myself and a junior associate, or Zach. Uh, you know, we have a senior advisor, a lead advisor, and then we call an associate advisor. And then we have our paraplanners, interns who are coming in. Uh, clients find it very refreshing to have youth in the meeting. And again, with Josh and Zach, I think they realize very quickly, I never got the question again, Amy, what happens if I get hit by a bus or what happens if I get disabled or decide to quit? Because they saw the foundation of what was in place. They saw the succession plan. They saw the team. They saw the story that not only Josh, Zach, myself, all the other advisors, uh, and again, Marilyn and Don as executives, but they saw the team behind us. They saw the client service team, the client relation team. They saw the marketing team. They saw the, you know, the wealth management team. And, and they saw this team that we were building, realizing that not one person is taking care of them. There's probably seven, eight, nine, maybe all 19 people who are involved in, in taking care of that client. So I think very refreshing. Um, and today, Josh and Zach bring on a lot of senior clients. They bring on a lot of, uh, you know, baby boomer clients. And never have I heard ever that, oh, my goodness, they're too young. I don't want to work with them. So for us, it was very refreshing. And I think um, also a tribute, I think, to Josh and Zach with, you know, what they bring to the table as well. I see it a lot. I see uh, the perspective of the investor changing significantly from the days when 100% of their trust and confidence was placed in one person, or you know, you and Marilyn in your case. Um, that for a lot of reasons now, investors and clients realize that they do need a team if, in fact, they're going to, you know, they want their legacy to last forever too, right? They want to make sure they have enough to retire on, whether you're there or any one individual is there. And it's been a really healthy evolution, in my opinion. I would agree. Um, you know, that came to us. We changed CPA firms about two years ago. Um, the firm we're now with has four offices. They have 54 employees. But every time we'd have a Zoom call during COVID, 
it would be the senior partner plus two associates on the Zoom call. And I found it so refreshing that the three of them could bounce ideas off of each other right there in front of you, instead of saying, you know, I'll research that and get back to you. I'll research that and get back to you. And you had all of your answers right on the spot. And so today when we work as a team, it's very common that I'll have, um, you know, the other advisor who was on the call with me or face to face with me, will be on their computer researching something so we can get the answer directly right back to the client. So yeah, I think Amy, the evolution of, you know, because again, those, those shops who do have one advisor and maybe a team of, you know, an associate or two, nothing wrong with that. But I think there's a lot of clients who wonder what their succession plan is and what's going to happen to me and my asset base and my, my story when by chance this, you know, this advisor wants to retire. I agree. Um, so another thing the audience loves to hear about is, you know, outside of offering financial advice and guidance and teaching and coaching for your clients, what you do, what you spend your time doing. I think your whole family um, talks, spends time um, in volunteering, right? Giving back. Talk a little bit about that. And then um, what else do, what else does the Merceberger family do to um, try to achieve that life balance that I'm not sure is actually achievable for any of us because we've, we've gotten here and we're in this business because we love it, right? Um, but you've got to have things you do. What are they? Okay, so talk about the volunteering first. Yeah, we're very involved in our area, Sheboygan County. A lot of, um, a lot of charities that we get involved with from a financial donation standpoint. They always talk about your time, your talent, and your treasures. Uh, unfortunately, in this business, sometimes your time is consumed you know, putting in a lot of hours taking care of those clients. And I feel that's, you know, that's something that we have, you know, give, we're giving back in that way from the standpoint of, um, you know, being involved. Uh, so time and talent. Uh, now you go to treasures. Yeah, we can help financially. We can help a lot of organizations, but we do get involved. There's a couple of them that are near and dear to our heart. Our son, Josh, is on the board of uh, Habitat for Humanity. So our group gets involved every year in a, in a home building uh, that's been kind of put on hold with COVID. But Kind of fun to see our, our young people who are used to running computers grab some hammers and and uh, try not to smash their fingers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Habitat for Humanity has been one. Feed My Starving Children has been another. That's been very rewarding where, um, again, our entire team gets to package food for you know some of the starving children over overseas. Uh, we've done that, I think, a lot of years running. Again, last year, not because of COVID. Um, we do give our team members, they get pay, one paid volunteer day where, you know, we ask them to go out and volunteer sometime somewhere and we pay them their normal salary or wage during that day when they're out and about doing whatever it is that they, they care to do. So um, I think for us, um, a lot of it is just giving back and, you know, trying to be there for our clients. Um, this week, I think we've had three clients who have lost, we've lost two clients this week and a couple who have lost, you know, you know, a parent. And so we're always reaching out to them, you know, sending flowers, or at least reaching out, conversing, you know, expressing our thoughts. So I think a lot of it is just giving back in, in that manner as well. But yeah, I think, you know, there's a big belief in our office, the more you give, the more you get back. It's the law of reciprocal action. So uh, we believe giving our top-notch service to our clients is, is a gift we can give them as well. So uh, other, the other question, what do we do? What do we do for fun? What, you know, what's our hobbies? What's our pastime? Um, again, we spend a lot of family time together, obviously, as the, you know, the boys, you know, get older, obviously, both are married, Josh uh, and Michelle have a 
two and a half year old granddaughter, Camilla, Zach and Casey, um, no children at this time, but we're very active. We love to ski, we love to water ski, snow ski, cross country ski. Um, we're outdoors people, we love to hunt, we fish, we snowmobile, uh, we ATV. Um, we've got a, a place north of here, we call it up north, right, northern Wisconsin, but for Marilyn and I, it's quite often getting up there a couple of weekends a year, quite often, you know, the boys and their wives and Camilla join us. Um, heading somewhere as a family a couple of times a year. We were in Montana skiing last year. Um, so, I mean, I think it's just, you know, it, it's usually staying pretty active, biking. We're all runners. I think all of us uh, are runners. Um, so fitness, I think proper diets, but we just, you know, when we, I think our weeks, sometimes you get so consumed by a lot of hours when it comes to a weekend, you know, I don't necessarily want to go hang around with 30 other people. I'd rather just go veg out with my closest members of my family. And, and that's quite often what we do. I find it fascinating and hear it quite frequently that as extroverted as most people are who um, spend time on the client facing side of our business, um, that you're right, maybe the downtime they do have ends up being more rewarding with a smaller group. Uh, it doesn't always have to be family, but just a smaller group of people that they care about. So it makes total sense to me. Yep. I mean, I've had years of, in Maryland as well, being involved with the school boards and various things in our areas and, and, the, and the parochial schools where the children went and, you know, Kiwanis Club and Lions Club and a lot of those activities. Um, and I think you find, again, there's only so many hours, there's 168 hours in a week, I know that for sure, but, uh, you know, sometimes you're giving too many of them up, and you don't have enough to refresh, so I think, you know, finding those hobbies, um, just just uh, spending some time doing that is a lot of fun for us. Yeah, that's great. Well, Peter, thanks for coming on the show. Our audience will benefit greatly from your sage advice and your story. Any parting words from you that you think somebody should know that's thinking about getting into our business? Yeah, that's a great question. We're um, we're so excited with our direction we've taken years ago. Of we're fortunate to know the university Josh and Zach went to UW Oshkosh, same university Merrill and I went to. Uh, we got to know the professors very well when Josh and Zach were there, and um, they had a student managed endowment fund. Josh and Zach had good experience managing a stock portfolio with real live, you know, million dollars where they didn't get to run the university foundation, of course, but they had money that had been donated by area businesses. Um, long story short, we asked the college professors every year, keep us in mind, let us know who some of your top graduates are in your business and finance class. So we have brought on, I think I'd have to count, but probably eight or nine members from uh, UW Oshkosh. We've got, you know, a couple from UW Whitewater, but we like bringing them in as an intern. So I think the, the hardship I see sometimes, Amy, is I see young people coming out of college wanting to get this, into this profession, and then they have kind of a negative internship or they have a negative first experience with a financial firm where they're asked to go out and, you know, go out and find clients, go out and become a salesperson. And we're so fortunate in our firm, we have a lot of, we, we are referral driven, and it's very refreshing, I think, for our young people coming in. To, to come in knowing they will not, they don't have to go out and be a salesperson. They don't have to get out, you know, it's not commission-based. It's all going to be about service, taking care of clients, fee-based, so on and so forth. So I think my one bit of advice would be to a lot of young people who are looking, you know, try to find that firm that you can get on with where you can really get some good education for two to three years 
and not feel like you are forced to have to go out there and find business. Because I think that's what's turned off. I hear it from our young people all the time. They've interned. I won't mention the companies. You probably know who they are as well. Uh, but, you know, they go out there and they intern and they have such a bad taste in their mouth after that first, you know, six month or three month period of time. And that's unfortunate because I think there's a lot of talent. We need good young talent in this business. You know, there's a big knock against the millennial generation that they, you know, they don't, they just don't put their time in, da, 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 da. you know, no, there, there's a lot. We have, we have tremendous people on our team. I wouldn't trade any of them for, for anybody. And I think young people today can provide so much knowledge and wisdom and efficiencies to firms like ours. When Josh and Zach came in, I asked them straight up. So Josh and Zach, what, what are mom and dad really good at? And what aren't, where, especially dad, what is dad not so good at? And Josh says, well, dad, you know, and mom, but mostly, you know, dad, you're really good with people. You guys are, you and mom are so good with people. You get, you're such a good relationship person. Okay, Josh. So what am I bad at? Dad, you're horrible at technology. And I go, yep, you're right. <laughs> so, you know, let those young people come in and really just take it to a whole nother level and, and find the ways to run things so efficiently that you can continue to manage more money and take on more clients without having a bottleneck. Um, so, you know, hopefully young, young, talented people, hopefully also there's more and more colleges offering financial planning degrees. Um, so if they can, you know, actually get through and, you know, almost to the point of being a CFP, so to speak, before they're out of college, uh, that would be tremendous. It would give them a big boost to getting off to their career. I couldn't agree more. I am known on the speaking circuit for making the point that I think uh, millennials get a bad rap overall. And um, I, some of it comes from what you're talking about in terms of they know how to leverage technology and get the most out of their time that it looks like they're not spending time doing, you know, that putting in the hours, if you will, that our generations did. Uh, but as I watch, I think that's pretty smart. Um, they're getting as many, you know, they're getting as much done or more in a smaller amount of number um, hours. How can that be bad, right? Right. Multitasking, they're very good at doing that as well. Agreed, agreed. So. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you for trusting Cambridge. And uh, thank you, especially for making a difference. I know you've made a difference in your team's life by the uh, ability that you've shown to release some control and let some of those next gen leaders thrive. And that's pretty special. So thanks for inspiring others to do the same. Well, thank you. And, you know, again, I am a uh... I'm blessed, you know, with Marilyn, again, we've, we've built this thing together and it's, it's really been fun because I can, I can bounce that, you know, we can bounce so many things off each other. And then with Josh and Zach involved and now Don involved, uh, our exec team, I think is a great five member team that leads, but like I said, having the rest of our team um, do what they do. Um, that's what makes it key for our clients. Client service is still key. Uh, you don't get referrals like we do if you didn't take good care of people. So to us, it's it's critical to have that. So I, I, we appreciate Cambridge as well. It's been, like I said, November coming up on four years, and uh, it's been a great ride for us as well. So thanks for all you do, Amy, and, and the rest of the team. You're welcome. Happy early anniversary. It's great to have you. <laughs> all right. Thank you much. Thank you for tuning in to Cambridge Stronger. I invite you to listen to my podcast episodes where I have candid conversations with genuine inspirational financial professionals and leaders within this fiercely independent financial services industry. The best of the best, the strongest of the strongest. You can listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and the Podbean app. If you like what you've heard, please give us a review and head on over to our blog for more content at cambridgestronger.com. That's cambridgestronger.com. We are Cambridge Stronger.